Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Guinness World Record holding Fondazi Fire. That's right, everybody. This is a Fondazi Fire Show, and this is the podcast where we ask the question, what do you want? Now, normally the answer would be more fire, but today, today the answer is more court revelers. Huzzah! Huzzah! I am your host. (laughs) Adam the Rombaro Soko, and with me, as always, is my lovely and beautiful wife, Katie Mighty Mouse Matryska. Hello, and joining us today, we have Nan Miller, who is the director and amazing, amazing singer of the Court Revelers. I was going to say, how different is your day now compared to your first year? We begin um, on top of the gate, and as you know, our opening gate show is no longer just the 15, 20 minutes prior to canon. Our opening gate show runs from 20 minutes prior to canon to 9.30, half an hour past canon. And we are part of the participation of that. And I would say part of maybe the leadership of that because we kind of uh, rev up people to sing the songs and do the music that is part of that opening gate um, extravaganza. Um, And then uh, we started just, you know, because the court revelers, huzzah, were, um, you know, part of our description, part of the way we describe ourselves is that we're the Muzak for the court. we would we decided we would be uh, the part of our opening hours of the festival the first hour of festival the court the king and the queen and their court courtiers um were um in uh in the opening gates in the opening bailey area and um greeting all the people as they came in and being there for for interaction and for um, photo opportunities for people as they came in, um, greeting old friends and new. And we decided that uh, to give them a little more um, presence and to be, again, the court's music, we would be behind them singing. Okay. And there is a little location in the Minnesota Renaissance Festival that we have affectionately named the bus stop which is a tiny little wooden stage, um, uh, half the size of a, uh, you know, a uh, suburban patio or a little suburban patio that sits right in the center of the opening area. And we would arrange ourselves on that, uh, giving the king and queen a backdrop that they can use to um, basically create a, pres- a thrust stage. Okay. Um, one of the things the court has difficulty with over the years, and I think they would um, attest to this, is that uh, working in the round is very risky at the Renaissance Festival. 
And you as performers also know that you work on a thrust stage. Right. Um, you work so that you know who's behind you yep. all the time. Um, and in your case, working with the, the materials that you work with, that's incredibly important uh, for safety reasons. Well, for personal safety reasons, it's really good to know who's behind you at the yeah. Renaissance Festival. And so we were providing some of that for the king and the queen. So they had basically a thrust stage with a backdrop. So they could back up against us and know that their uh, rear echelon was covered. Mm -hmm. No one could approach them from the back and surprise them. And so um, we provided, we decided we would do that. No one asked us to, no one scheduled us, scheduled us to. Mm -hmm. um, at that point, the, the bus stop was not a location that people were scheduled to be at. Um, and so we just decided we would be there until the court left. And they were going to go off on their scheduled route because they have a scheduled route. So that first half hour, you know, the first hour after the cannon, we are on top of the festival, on top of the the, um, the gate, singing inwards, leading the songs, and being a touch point for people who are too far away from the band to hear what's going on. Sure. And um, then the next half hour, half of us, either the nans or the not nans. <laughs> because there was there are 16 of us so we divide into eight and uh because having 16 people behind the court is kind of big so yeah. having eight people is a lot more manageable it gives a lot of room for people to flow by we all fit on stage and all of that stuff so we've divided into two groups of eight and the people who sing with me are the nans and the people who don't sing with the other ones are the not nans <laughs> so the nans and the not nans we you know sing one one day a week um, a week weekend, so um, I'm the Nans might start on Saturdays, and so we sing on Saturdays until Labor Day, and then we switch to Sundays because we'll sing twice. Okay. Anyway, so <laughs> that first hour, we are on the top of the gate, or we are singing behind the court. Um, half of us, and then um, we gather for our our uh, warm ups and meetings, our second warm up and meeting. And then um, we're involved with the Feast of Fantasy. And the Feast of Fantasy, we are involved in two ways. Um, Wait, Nan, I have a quick question yeah. before that. Sure. When mm -hmm. you say you you get together for your meeting, is that roughly around 10 o'clock? It is. Because that's when we have our meeting, too. At 10, at 1030. <laughs> at 1030, we, oh, have, okay. we have a meeting, um, uh. about a 15-minute meeting, to basically um, check in with each other, give each other notes, and um, make some decisions about what songs are going to be. We have um, for our for our regularly scheduled shows that are on the um, the program. Um, we have a, we have already scripted out pretty much what they're going to be, but there are some variables about um, particularly related to um, songs that are sung solo or solo supported by the group. Uh, featuring one of the singers or not, and we, and we also have songs that are sung just for the by the men or just by the women, and those are interchangeable in our scripts. So, on the basis of how people are feeling or who's coming, and they want to show their friends that are going to be here at the two thirty show, um, we might 
put someone solo in there as opposed to someone else's. And so we make that those decisions every morning during our morning meeting. Sounds kind of like our morning meeting because we do something very similar with um, the different shows that we put on throughout the day. Yep. And deciding, you know, of course, if somebody's family members are going to be there or friends, we want to showcase them. So, yeah, we have those pieces that get moved aside or put in. Absolutely. I kind of like the fact that I know another group does that, too. Yeah. Yeah. And um, around the same I, time. Yeah. <laughs> I, feel a, I feel a little nervous. Of, I feel a little nervous about it because, you know, um, we do this in what I consider to be kind of our on-site home base because we don't have a stage. You guys have a right. stage. We don't. Um, but we we do kind of congregate um, because we do so much work with the, 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 the Feast of Fantasy. Well, the courtyard um, next to what we call the promontory, the entrance to the Feast of Fantasy, mm-hmm. um, next to the, the courtyard next to that between um, the, the Feast Hall and the um, shop that used to be the brass rubbing shop and is now the wedding getting ready place. Uh, um, that's kind of where we hold our meeting. Okay. And oh. where we we gather um, to do this, so it's kind of on site. We're visible to the public. Public comes up and talks to us during our meetings a lot, and um, <laughs> asking us questions and such. Uh, so um, we have our meeting, and then we open the first feast. We open every feast, um, and depending on the status of the readiness of the feast hall, the kitchen, the servers, and everyone else. I'm informed seconds before we go out, go out now, number one, (laughs) or in the the immortal words of Jim Cunningham, the feast master, let's do a show. Nice. Um, And so he says, let's do a show. Okay. Um, So we open the feast uh, because sometimes he'll say, I need you to go out, but I need you to stretch. And I'll let you know when we're ready. Because um, people who have tickets to the feast have been told to show up at a particular time. And they have started to congregate. And um, after our meeting is done, we have some time, a couple minutes. We go out and start to talk to them on the ground or sometimes from the promontory uh, to chat with the people and kind of gather them together to move them kind of out of the general area so that people can continue to go back and forth and to get them close enough so they can hear their name shouted out when they're going to be seated. So we go out and um, we open the feast hall by inviting the people in. And when it's pouring, pouring, pouring down rain, we do that on the interior. We go into the feast hall and we sing, as we say, back to back to back to back to back. (laughs) Um, In the center of the feast hall, if you're old like me, you know that that's a reference to um, the Dewdrop jugglers who used to be back to back to back. To back. Uh, Yes. (laughs) But we do back to back to back to back to back to back etc. Um, inside the feast hall while people are being seated. So they have some music going on for them. Anyway, so the, uh, we open the feast hall. Then 
we run over to the wine bar, uh, which is part of the um, the mill, mm-hmm. um, the paper mill that used to be the cartography studio, which is now a bar. And oh, yeah. um, we, uh, the calligraphy studio, calligraphy class is where we sing. So we will do a set there. Um, Quickly. Yep, when you yep. say a set, how many songs are in a set? Oh, um, probably somewhere between, um, this is only a half hour set. So okay. maybe um, 12 to 15. Okay. Depending on the songs. Because some of our songs are short and some are longer. Um, and we have a, uh, we do a scripted show these days. We didn't start out that way, but we do one now. That's written by a subset of our group who are very good at writing scripts. And so there's a premise to our show and our songs support that premise, supposedly. So we, we, we play in there for half an hour. Then we run back to the feast hall because then we are going to go in and perform inside the, the feast hall. And we do about a 10-minute set inside the feast hall. We are lucky um, at being performers in the Feast of Fantasy because we are one of the only groups, I think, that actually gets to go in and sit down and talk to the people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, most other performers get to go in, do their shtick in the middle of the room, and really don't get to interact with the folks at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you've done that, so you, you're aware of, of what the experience is for most performers going in there. But w- our, our thing is we go in, and the first thing we do is we go to what we would consider our stations, our area, because we each have, mm-hmm. you know, eight to ten people in our area, and uh, we chat, we talk, we sit down, we... Um, ask them how they're doing they feed us they you know and <laughs> over the years over the years there are people yeah, who are regular feast uh tenders who will say i want to sit in so-and-so's section wow okay. i want to sit i want to sit in this person's section um and so i tend to see a lot of repeat guests Mm-hmm. Um, and so other members of us who say, oh, good, you're here. We were sure we hadn't seen you yet today. Um, <laughs> and uh, people who come back year after year after year in the feast hall who, um, and because our stations don't really change a lot from year to year. Um, uh, and part of the reason is because we've had that response from the the feast goers, the ticket sell, the ticket buyers, that they expect certain things when they ask for certain seats in the right. feast hall. Yeah, makes sense. So um, we come in, uh, we chat with our our group, and then we sing a couple of songs, usually two, sometimes ten. It depends on <laughs> it depends on the state of the of the um, of the kitchen at that point and the serving situation. And I keep my eye uh, as the director. I keep my eye on um, uh, the feast masters because Jim will tell me time to wrap up or stretch it. Right. And we do that on the fly. Nice. Whatever we're gonna do, and. Um, we sing a couple songs in there, and then we sing our last song, and then we boogie out of there. We get the people pounding on the table and um, making a hoop and holler and 
lots of uh, unscripted stuff happens in there. Um, I have been known to chase Jim Cunningham around the entire feast hall on the outside. <laughs> I have been known to climb over the tables. Wow. So um, there are lots of unscripted things that happen in the feast hall, uh, depending on, <laughs> on what's going on and how much time we have. And then we go, then we're done for that feast. That's feast one, and it is now noon. All right. So so far this day, we have had the morning gate, our first um, show of the day, yeah. our morning meeting, two performances at the feast hall. call luncheon and we do our lunch uh in public it's part of our show mm -hmm. and we put together a couple of picnic tables and we put out tablecloths and napkins and we have a feast um in the area that is very close to, uh, if you know the geography of the Minnesota Renaissance Festival, by uh, the pavilion, just down mm -hmm. the hill from the pavilion. Okay. And uh, we interact with the people who are also there having their uh, noontime repast. And um, we might sing and other performers stop by and have a chat. And um, we have our lunch for about half an hour. So do you bring your own food to that or do you guys buy yes. every day? Okay. No, we bring our own food. Um, we have at least one member of our community who is adamant that we eat fruit and vegetables. <laughs> and because she is adamant that we have fruit and vegetables, um, we decided that we, you know, some of our members do go off and bring purchase things that they like to eat and bring it to the table. But for the most part, we we uh, bring our own food. So we have cheese and bread and uh, fruit and vegetables and usually um, a sweet and uh, nuts and um, berries and, you know, things like that. Um, awesome. And we pass and spreads, we have, you know, butter and garlic butter and honey and mustard and chutney and all this kind of stuff <laughs> that people might eat. And we pass it around our table and um, other entertainers who happen by frequently have joined us uh, in our, in our um, feast if we have enough on the table left when they come. Um, and so we bring our picnic baskets out from our um, our green room and um, load that up every day. That's that's the job of the not nans or the nans every morning is to pack the baskets. <laughs> so that when, so when it is luncheon time, we go back to our green room and we grab the baskets and bring them out and the the water bottles that that fill our 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 um, our jacks or our mugs. And we have luncheon. And then luncheon is over, and it's time to open another feast. Man. So we have a f another feast cycle. So we go in, we open the feast, we have the chat with the people on the ground, um, get them ready. Jim comes out and says, let's do a show. Um, I go up <laughs> on the promontory. Usually it's only me, but sometimes it's a couple of us. 
I go up on the promontory, make sure everybody's ready, get the people to gather in who haven't, and then I knock on the door um, of the feast hall and the rest of the reveler, the court revelers, huzzah, come huzzah. running out and we do our opening um, uh, shtick with them. And then we run down the hill to the Queen's Pub because we have a um, showdown there. And so we get down to the Queen's Pub and we do a half hour show in the Queen's Pub. And then um, we run up the hill back to the feast hall because as soon as that's done, it's time for us to go into the feast to mm-hmm. do our performance in the feast. And then becomes our becomes the great break Ooh. at that time. Wait, is that yeah? time usually when we see you at the feast? Oh, um, yes. No, I'm trying to think. Of usually, usually, if you do the second feast of the day, uh, mm-hmm. that's when we would see you because this is the second feast. There are okay. three feasts on most days, so I that's when you second. would. Yeah, and I think we also run into you guys at the Queen's Pub too on occasion. Yeah, because because yeah. we're we're adjacent to each other. Yeah. You're usually doing a show as we're running down the hill. <laughs> um, and uh, so we're running down the hill, getting our breath back, and then going in to do a show um, in, the fe- in the Queen's Pub. And then we run back up the hill and do um, our uh, performance in there. Now, the thing about performing in the Feast Hall is that you never know exactly the moment. It's not like being on a specific schedule right it's on a general schedule and frequently um the feast masters do a lot of um on on the spot changes as to oh these people here they're available they rarely get to go in the feast i really want them to bring them in they're going in now okay so we wait And that's fine. I mean, I, it's all about entertaining our patrons. And we are there at the, to, to serve that purpose. So sometimes we go in and um, he goes, no, nope, I'm going to send them in first. And then I'm going to send them in. And then, then it's going to be you guys. Or maybe, no, they have to go because they have a show. So we're going to send you in now. And that happens a lot. Yeah. Um, and for, for new court revelers, yeah. yeah, and that for new court revelers, that's very frustrating. People who think <laughs> they should live, people who think they should live by a schedule are 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 uh, have a, have a period of adjustment. Yeah, yeah. because um, that's not how this works. That's you know, and I keep trying to explain to to new members is you just have to plan on the fact that you have a a, a ten hour performance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you never know when it's going to peak and you're going to be on stage and when you're going to be available to the public and create your own individual or maybe with a couple other people, your little stage. Mm-hmm. You never know when that's going to happen throughout that 10-hour day. And I've never had so, so much happy anxiety waiting for Jim to actually send us <laughs> into the feast going, I got a show in like five minutes, man, and I got to run down the hill. Yes. <laughs> that is That's, and, and yes, and, and we live with that every day um, yep. because we do all three feasts. We do every single feast. And so it's, it's you know, we never know exactly when we're going to go in. Um but we so that we do that feast and then um then we have our great break 
And during our great break, it means that we actually have, so we're usually done out of there by 3.30, 3.45, somewhere in there. And yep. we don't have another scheduled thing to do until 4.45, so an hour to wow. an hour and 15. That's the biggest break we have in our day. Wow. When we're not moving from one place to another. And when you're moving 16 people in mostly court dress, um, it's a procession. Yes. Yeah. And that's part of the thing that we also learn as being a, a new member of the court revelers, huzzah, is huzzah. that um, part of our job is to create the village. And you create the village by acting as though, you know, when when a group of courtiers walk from point A to point B, they don't just kind of amble. Mm -hmm. They process. So you have... Uh, you know, ladies have a gentleman who's escorting them and your hand is held, your arm is held. They hold their hand out and you are escorted. And you usually walk in a line and it becomes a mini parade everywhere you go. Yeah. Um, and this is part of creating the atmosphere for our, our guests. Um, and we, um, having, having gone to other Renaissance festivals, we at Minnesota, we have a very different ethos. And that is that when you're doing that, you are still absolutely 100% accessible to the guests. Mm -hmm. So if somebody wants to stop you and talk to you or ask you to take a picture, you do exactly that. Absolutely. And I've found that in other festivals that I've gone to, I've only gone to, to two other ones, That's that wasn't the ethos there, that they are... Um, if they're processing from point A to point B, they don't stop. They they're don't stop way. for pictures. They don't do this. They create cordoned areas with, with ropes and, and stanchions wow. so that you can come in and have your picture taken. Kind of like, you know, it's a very different ethos entirely. Um, sort of Disney-esque too. Yeah. 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 Um, and uh, people, you know, each, each festival I've gone to has its own kind of culture. Mm -hmm. And the culture that I have noticed at Minnesota is that um, performers are expected, number one, and do make themselves absolutely available to the public right. all the time for free, uh, which is not the case at other festivals I've gone to, where pictures cost money. Yeah, really? I didn't uh, know yeah. that. Oh, there is an expectation that there will be a tip involved and in having your picture taken huh. um and that is absolutely you know one of the one of the things that the the court revelers has uh, have Huzzah. always said is that anytime that we are not in a scheduled gridded show a free and 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 to the public scheduled gridded show we don't ask for tips um, if we are out performing on the street because we happen to do that, uh, and especially during this the great break period, um, we frequently go off in little groups and sing in shops and sing on the street and talk to people and go to the places where people are having their lunches or the, their you know beverages sitting around um, and talk to them, sing to them. Um, we do not accept tips. We do not accept tips um, at the the bus stop. Um, mm -hmm. We that is not something we do not have a tip basket out. We do not do that at all, because part of 
what we do is create the atmosphere. That's a, a, a big part of what the court revelers huzzah, have, huzzah. have decided as part of our purpose for being out there is to help create the, the atmosphere. We're not just an act who goes on at a particular time and then disappears. Mm-hmm. Um, and which mm, some, but not many, but some groups out there do. They have a show and then they're gone. Right. They have a right. show and then they're gone. Um, and that's and that may be because their show is so physically um, exhausting. They need to have downtime in order to prepare for their next appearance. Or their schedule is so full that they have an hour off between five shows during the day in the right. same location. And they need to have time to, to do that. But in our case, we're, we, we perform at a variety of different places. And so we're always moving from place to place. So it's a very different culture for our group. And so, anyway, um, the ethos is of, of moving from place to place is is very different for for people in in Minnesota. And I would say that from um, from the leadership that we have had in the last couple of years, the expectation has been very clear that um, our stage is the entire festival grounds, right. and our attention is to the experience of our guest. Mm-hmm. And that starts, uh, and I know you, you've done this because we've done it at the same time. That starts from before the, the canon starts. That if right. you are outside greeting guests, um, if you are outside the, the, the gates in the morning, or you in our, in our case, if you are on top of the gate in the morning and there's not an active show going on, your attention is on the people who have come to enjoy their day and you have the opportunity to interact with with folks and and um, give them that little glimpse into what we do and how how we care about their experience throughout the day and I would say that that's been very much the 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 intention of our leadership um, which I'm I'm very grateful for. Our big break then is is the time that we spend um, uh, going out and uh, singing in shops and singing at tables and singing happy birthday to people who have said, "My sister is having her birthday. Could you come and sing happy birthday to her?" Well, we have a we have a particular birthday song that nobody else sings, um, and that we will sing for them, um, and. There are lots of other things that happen during that time, or people, you know, just uh, disperse during that period of time. I, because I'm old and I have mean daughters. Um, <laughs> I love because, both of your daughters. They are awesome. Well, I do too, but they're mean. And um, because I have a, because I'm disabled, um, I have to go back to my green room and rest mm-hmm. during this period of time. Or my daughters will call adult services on me and get me, you know, locked up. <laughs> so I go back to the to our green room and try and take a wee nap so that I can reset my um, equilibrium and uh, uh, manage my disability. And so I do that. 
and my the rest of my crew go out and do their singing and what I used to be able to do. And sometimes we would go down to uh, what we call the mall, which is, uh, most people don't call it that, but there's a section of the festival which is uh, between the legend stage and the, um, the fencing booth that has a strip of shops. Mm-hmm. And it's a strip of shops that are interior. So you kind of go in on one end and you kind of walk through a bunch of different shops and you come up back out the other side. And we would, there's a bench outside this place. And so we would go there and sing at the mall because there's very little um, active entertainment um, down there because the only stages are legend stage. And and there's no other stage until you get to, um, at that time, Uh, there's no other stage until you- Witchwood, right? Witchwood, which is a huge stretch of space. that that doesn't have <laughs> scheduled entertainment. Well, I would say the welling the 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 washing, the well. washing well women stage is closer to which to them to than Witchwood, but sure or Max Pub. But anyway, there's not a whole lot of entertainment going down there. So we would go down there and and ent- entertain for a while, and greet dogs and things. So then at four forty five, we um, when most people think their day is is winding down that's when ours gears up because at 4:45 we open up another show another feast hall mm-hmm. and we run down the hill and you're doing a show at this time yeah yep. um, big uber show uh we're going to do uh, our five o'clock pub sing our pub sing became a scheduled thing um the year after I joined the Revelers, I said, let's get this on the schedule. Let's do it every day. Let's schedule, a, a, you know, an hour. Mm-hmm. And they all looked at me like I was crazy. I said, nah, you, you got to do this. We like singing. We get to hardly sing out, you know, throughout the day unless we kind of jump in here and there. So let's do this. Let's let people know they can come in and hear you because you guys are good. And um, by that time, I'd become the musical director. I wasn't the director director. I was the musical director of the Revelers. And so <clears throat> we're bringing in new music and, and um, getting us down to the Queen's Pub. So we have a 45-minute show in the pub that wow. um, we, by purpose... Um, worked with our uh, musical director and the people who create the schedule and said, please keep a large buffer between us and the next act. Mm-hmm. Um, because our 45 minutes sometimes becomes 55 minutes. And um, it is our biggest show of the day, I would say. Um, and... Um, it's, it's a lot of people who come and request songs and who are repeat offenders, frequent flyers, mm-hmm. who come and uh, want to see particular things and et cetera. So anyway, we do a 45-minute set. Then we run back up the hill, do our <laughs> feast hall, <laughs> and then we run back to the bus stop. And I started this, um, Deborah Mullen and I started this um, because we thought we should have a closing gate uh, presence. Mm-hmm. And we tried a couple of things, and we decided that being 
um, at the at the bus stop at the end of the day facing inward instead of outward facing uh, away from the gate towards the people who were exiting mm -hmm. um, was the place to give people another thing that they could either stop at or walk by didn't matter to us but another thing to instead of just walking by a bunch of um, uh, shops at that point um, yeah. and, and one little food place instead of just walking out to that kind of silence at the end of the day there should be the same kind of energy that sends them on their way um, that especially uh, this was instituted after the closing gate show was ended mm -hmm. and so we started doing that at at the end of the day not gridded I, we just took it over and said <laughs> we're going to be here um, and we will sing from um, basically 6 30 um, until the guests are gone yeah which is after the cannon yeah. So we were doing that, and then um, we invited. We just uh, people were saying, you know, Nan. Uh, it's a long day. We have been singing, you know, for uh, eight, eight of the hours of this ten-hour day, and our voices yeah. are getting tired. Can we figure out some better way of doing <clears throat> the bus stop? And my reaction to that was, yeah, we can have guest stars. <laughs> so we invited um, two other groups specifically to come and um, join us at the bus stop at the end of the day. Um, and we would sing songs in rotation. So Decantus, which is a five-person singing group, a cappella singing group, and the Dregs, who are a five to no, four to six person, depending on who's in town, um, band who are not a cappella, um, would come, and the three groups would do rounds of songs, sometimes related to each other. Like, well, we have a song about this, and well, we know. Well, we also have a song about animals, and we also have a song about you know drinking, and we also have a song about this, <laughs> and we would sing in rotation. And um, then we've and we've invited individual uh, musicians to stop by and say, if you have a chance, stop by, do a song, and we will we'll back you up because the rollers are too big to move out mm -hmm. of that space. So once we're there, we, we plunk ourselves down. We're there. Um, and the other groups kind of move in and move out and move in and move out in front of us. And then, um, and during that, during that time, we sing songs that are, for the most part, extremely family friendly, G-rated for the general public songs, <laughs> all three groups do. Um, yeah. Uh, and there are songs, for example, that our group will sing in the feast hall that we don't sing anywhere else because they have a lot more um, innuendo 
and I wouldn't mm -hmm. say they're necessarily body, but they are. They can be depending on the state of your own personal mind. <laughs> but we don't sing those on the street, and we don't sing those in our sets, um, except maybe the last weekend somebody will ask us to sing our song limericks, which can get a little um, racy. Um, <laughs> but we don't sing that at 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 the bus stop either. Um, and so we we will sing until um, until the canon, and at which point at the canon we have created a tradition of singing um, three songs at least, if not a few more, um, that are traditionally what we sing for the our our end of the day. That lots of people come and stop and come to sing it. And unfortunately for many of us, that means that one of those songs is Wagon Wheel, mm. which is sung by, you know, everybody and their cousin. Uh, we don't sing that any other place. The Court Revelers, huzzah, do not sing that huzzah. any other place. Uh, we don't sing it in any of our sets. We don't sing it at all. We sing it after canon at that location. Um, and we sing that one. And we sing um, a round that I was taught um, several years ago, which is The Road is Calling, which is a ascending song. Um, and we sing The Road is Calling, and we sing Wagon Wheel, and then we sing Goodnight, Sweetheart. And um, send folks out, and people stop and dance and sing along with us and um we probably are there till 7.15, 7.20, 7.30 sometimes, depending on if the if it's a huge crowd. Sometimes um, one of our managers, uh, our entertainment managers will come and say, can you keep going? Mm -hmm. um, just to kind of manage the flow of right. folks. Because right. um, while most people at the end of the day um, walk by us, slow down maybe to listen a little bit but they're they're on they're intent on getting to their cars and and heading for home um but some people come and go oh there's more entertainment i'm going to stop here and finish my beverage or have my last bite of whatever it is that i just purchased and i'm going to stay here and listen to this and and then we'll go and and so we we serve as kind of a a a funnel system of slowing down the flow of right. going out. Uh, mm -hmm. We're not the push. <laughs> we are, we are the pause. And so lots of people pause and their exodus uh, so that um, it's not just one huge rush out the gates at the last minutes. It's, it's a nice calm way of going out. And it's not that they're standing there in line to leave it's you know they're kind of gauging how the flow is and well now it's time for us to go is what i've noticed over the years that i've been there so uh in addition to entertaining them we're, we're giving them a service of having them something to do while they're kind of making their exit in a calm and gentle way and 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 being cared for as entertainers do um as they depart that sounds like an amazing experience as you're leaving the festival just to have that calming yeah. music kind of not serenade you out but at the same time kind of just allow you to go and it's part of you know one of the things that um 
uh, I think even our owner has said many times that he really wants is that there's very few places in the festival where you shouldn't be able to hear music happening. It may not be in a show, yeah. but that there should be part of the, um, the atmosphere should yeah. include music. Well, yeah, we, we perform at a different festival that, the, um, that there is almost no music at. We were one of the only acts that actually had music. And it's a completely different atmosphere to be walking around in a place that all you can do here is talking or hear barely anything except kind of yeah. just, you know, like a, a crowd and that's all you hear. The mm -hmm. atmosphere is completely different. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's part of the, um, the culture of Minnesota that's not only fostered by our owner, but certainly is fostered by um, the entertainment management and the way that they place people for performance. You know, since I started, uh, the bus stop is now a gridded spot. Mm -hmm. Since I started, um, the Queen's Pub is now a gridded spot. Since I started, the bear stage is a gridded spot. There are lots of places that never were gridded before that now are. And by gridded, for those of you who are listening and don't know what that means, it means they're scheduled. Someone is scheduled to be there at a particular time. Um, and usually it's uh, musicians. Mm -hmm. Not always, but usually the people who are moving from place to place are, are musicians. Sometimes they're dancers, but mostly it's musicians. They get um, scheduled at different places throughout the festival. And there have been more and more gridded spots added over the last 35 years, almost 35 years that I've been there. Um, and it's, it's one of the things where, you know, it used to be that the, the revelers, when I started with them, had the Feast of Fantasy, which was two every day, not three. Right. Two every day. And the opening gate. And that was their oblig and their three o'clock show at the arbor was the extent of their obligation yeah throughout the yeah. day to a day where we have three um scheduled free shows three feasts every day opening and performing in opening gate um being on the bus stop in the morning behind the court and doing our um bus stop at the end of the day um so that's that's our day yeah. We do warm-ups before our cast call. Wow. Um, so we expect people to be in costume and kind of ready to go by 8 o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. Okay. And for a 9 o'clock canon. And um, we are dismissed at the end of the day, not by canon, but by when um, most of the guests have already left. That's amazing. At, yeah, it's it's a long day. It's a very and long day. And we have, you know, very we don't have a lot of time when we're not on stage.
If you want to become a Patreon subscriber, pop on over to the Patreon and look for Fondazi Fire. If you have any questions or show ideas for us, anything that you want to know, then email us at fondazi at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe to Fondazi Fire Presents What Do You Want on your favorite podcast platform. And we'll see you next time.
That's good to know. Yep. Sorry to interrupt everybody. <laughs> I just wanted to note that we oh, that's right. we have Brett. probably should wrap up soon. Yeah. We have another podcast appointment. Sorry, I we're I trying talk to a lot. get a few recorded that's over the okay. weekend. That's right. So um, I'll I'll lead you into so. a final final comment here. Oh man. no no, that's all right. Well, I I thought us doing our five shows a day on a on the stage was a lot of work, but I'm pretty sure after listening to this that the court revelers are definitely huzzah huzzah definitely <laughs> one of the hardest working groups out at the festival. It just sounds amazing. And I appreciate everything that you guys do um, for the environment and for the work ethic of people at the Renaissance Festival. 